Welcome to the Bear With Me podcast, where we aim to integrate belief and practice in the Christian life. But you've never spent a night in jail. I've never spent a night in jail. Wait, have you? No. Oh. But you've gotten in trouble with the law. Yes, I have. In can you tell me that story mm. or stories? Mm. Couple tickets. Okay. The ones I'm most ashamed of. Yes. Are to texting while driving technically, but texting at red lights in Victoria. You, you got ticketed for texting while driving in Victoria, but you both times both stopped times at a red light. You were stopped at a red light. Completely stopped. Touching my phone. And how did how did they catch you? Okay, so the first one was like a sting operation. Okay. At Blanchard and Hillside. And they were hiding behind the Boston Pizza. And it was an undercover cop who crossed the street at the crosswalk. And I was the first one in line. Disguised as a pedestrian. Yes. A common citizen. And I'm touching my phone in its little holder, texting. Drop off went well, gymnastics camp. Uh And he just walks straight up to my window and says, you're not allowed to do that. Oh, okay. And then did what? He pulled you over? Or yeah. Then I had to go into go, the Boston said, like, Pizza parking lot. park lot. over here? Yeah. Oh. And I got a ticket. I still had my Philadelphia plates on my car. Oh. So a little bit was you felt like, like... You might have been profiled a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Philadelphian. Mm-hmm. It was like $300. Wow. 360-something. It was... Huh. I felt really, really bad. So this... Interesting. Okay, so the sting operation is they're trying to get people who are stopped texting. Yeah. I didn't know it was illegal. To to text while you're stopped at a stop or something. Yeah, it is. And I see so many people doing it now. Yeah. Like if you look over, people are looking down. Yeah. So they're smarter. They're not doing it up on the dashboard. Right. You were like holding yours up like (laughs) everyone to see. Okay, and so, but you said this happened more than once. It did happen a second time. <laughs> it was even worse. I was holding my phone. I okay. was at, stopped at the red light adjacent to the Victoria Police Department office. Okay, but you weren't going to the police department. No. You just happened to be in that area. Yeah, Caledonia and Quadra Where there might be a higher concentration of police officers. There, there was one right next to me okay. that I hadn't noticed on his motorcycle. And he just looked over. Yeah. Okay. So my alibi for that mm-hmm. is that I was driving the Krzmowski's van. Yeah. I don't know why. I must have picked up children or something. Mm-hmm. So I was in a new car. So in my car, I have my holder. Like, and I, it reminds me, like, don't touch that. You yeah. got a ticket once for touching that. Mm-hmm. Just keep it up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the holder. And so out of habit, I like checked it or something. Yeah. But it's because I wasn't in my, my usual car. Right. Right. So I forgot. Yeah. He didn't care. No. Yeah. Didn't care. And if I get a third one, it's like really bad, so I don't do it anymore. Interesting. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, this great stories, Vanessa. Thanks, Andy. I, I forgot have, I forgot I didn't we were being recorded. About getting in trouble with the law, so I'm glad that you did. You're welcome. <laughs> but I wanted to uh want to talk a bit about law mm-hmm. and and maybe based on your experiences now, this will skew your answer to this question. But what do you? Th- what comes to mind when you hear the word law? Mm. Ner- I'm Texting? nervous. Yeah, 
texting while driving. It, uh, law makes me feel feels cold. Hmm. It feels like um, the image that comes to mind is like a big, huge Bible open in a courtroom. Okay. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Law. Gavel. Yeah. Yeah, that kind the of thing. Judgment. Cold. Handed down. Mm-hmm. In this... Probably has kind of been colored by your experiences with definitely law here in Victoria. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Not taking into account that you were stopped. No. Okay. And that I came from the States where people like take videos of themselves while driving. At least in Philadelphia right. they did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, okay, cold, Bible, courtroom, distant. Mm-hmm. What else? Mm-hmm. It's such a short word, you know, but um, it's so powerful. Law. Yeah, law. What about, and you've already kind of brought this in with the Bible, but what about when I say God's law? They feel, it feels a little bit like an oxymoron to me. Mm. God's law. Because God I associate with goodness, love, grace, and then law is like, feels like a hard line. Mm-hmm. And so love's hard line, that it feels a little bit awkward, God's law. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably not alone in that. I really? mean, that's, that's kind of what sometimes I would anticipate with, with conversations around law in general and like the Old Testament law mm-hmm. or, or the God's law when we talk about that. But that's what I want to talk about uh, mm-hmm. today is um, the law, especially as we look at it given in the Old Testament. So going back to Exodus, um, and I believe that it isn't an oxymoron. Really, Andy? I believe you've been so excited about God's law. I know that the Old Testament law is an expression of God's deep love and care to His people, and that's what I want to talk about. That's lovely. So. Maybe matching up law with your image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for uh, we might talk about this last time, but we're talking about it a lot lately. Mm-hmm. But in strength finders, yes, law is one of your strengths. No, the law is not one of my strengths. <laughs> Context, you said is one that. of my top five. I think yeah. we talked about this last time, mm-hmm. and it is so important because you get so much from context, totally from surroundings. We talked about being grounded last time. Yes. Um, and and that's true, especially when we read the Bible, because it is so confounding sometimes. Yes. And so it feels complicated. You get lost. Like, why is God doing this or God saying this? Why is that person doing that? Is that right? Mm-hmm. All these things. And you, and you just can get lost. But if you back up and we're looking at, okay, well... What's the setting? What's actually happening around what I'm reading? Mm-hmm. And you get so many clues to help you kind of piece together this um, maybe confounding document mm. that was written thousands of years ago in a different culture and language and different assumptions and all these things. Yeah. So, when we look at the law, we're looking at just kind of recap the story a little bit. This is Exodus. It's the second book of the Bible. We're thinking mm-hmm. about... A lot of people think about the Ten Commandments when we think about the Old Testament law, where yeah. Moses or Charlton Heston is 
on the top of the mountain coming down with the two stone tablets. And he's mm-hmm. got the, the hair and the yeah. beard and the robes and everything. And um, this picks up the story in Exodus 20, where they're at the mountain. Okay. Horeb or Mount Sinai. It's got two different names, but it's the mountain of God out in the middle of the desert, out in the middle of nowhere. Hmm. And these people are there and Moses comes down with the law. Hmm. But so much has happened to get to them to that point. What? So much. So, <sighs> we don't have time to okay. sum up Genesis 1 through Exodus 19. Okay. <laughs> That's like 59 chapters. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. That is a lot of life. But basically... God has chosen a family in Abraham way back in Genesis 12 mm-hmm. to reveal himself to the world, to the okay. nations. He's p- picked this one family. I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to be with all your generations so that the world can be blessed through you. It's beautiful. Sounds nice. Yeah. It's positive. So by the end of Genesis, this people, God's people, are a small group of around um, 70 or so down in Egypt. Interesting. They ended up getting in there. It's a really great story. Go back and read it sometime. Exodus picks up a few hundred years later. They've been down there for generations. Mm -hmm. And whereas things were well with them at the end of Genesis, Mm -hmm. things are not well with them now Mm. because of their relationship to Egypt Mm -hmm. and its government Mm -hmm. um, and its politics. They are now essentially slaves. Wow. They're working seven days a week. Things have changed. Around the clock. Um, hard labor. Mm-hmm. It's really not going well. Um, Egyptians are really, they look down on this this race of people. Mm-hmm. They um, they not only use them for labor, but they control their population. Wow. So, this mm-hmm. is this is um, killing the, fir- the, the males of, of, of the, the women who give birth. Are you serious? The women who give birth. Yeah, that's why that's why Moses' story. That's oh why gosh. he has to hide him in the basket and like push him down the river. They're like they're desperate that this this boy can live, this baby can live. That's um, awful. And that's that's their solution, right? So that's his sister Miriam is looking mm-hmm. over him. And she, he goes into the reeds, and then the Egyptian princess yeah. finds him and raises, the, takes them into Pharaoh's household. So yeah. Moses survives in Pharaoh's household. Anyway, Prince of Egypt, go see it or read mm-hmm. the book. Um, Anyways, you fast forward several years, mm-hmm. and Moses is now in exile um, because he's murdered an Egyptian trying right. to stand up for his own people. Right. But it doesn't go well. Um, he's took the law into his own hands. Yeah. Um, he's out tending sheep, tending the flocks of his father-in-law. He ends up getting married. See, lots. Of <laughs> I'm skipping over oh lots gosh. of things. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Very brief. And he's out, and this is where he has that experience where there's some there's this bush that seems to be on fire, right? But it's not burning up, it's yeah. not being consumed. So he's like, that's strange. There's not a lot to do out in the middle of nowhere tending sheep. So he's like, I'll go to look, right? Mm-hmm. So this is where he has this encounter, this mm-hmm. first encounter with with God, and God says, basically says to him, I'm. I'm not far off. Mm-hmm. I've heard the cries of my people. I know what's going on. I've seen them, mm-hmm. and I hear them. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, so this is Exodus 3, and so he sends Moses back. He wants him to be his, his, um, his mouthpiece, his, mm-hmm. his um, ambassador to Pharaoh. He said, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Oh, this is all before? 
All the Ten before. Commandments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All before. I mean, this is like Exodus five through seven is mm. is God confronting Pharaoh, God okay. confronting his people's oppressor, mm-hmm. the one who's the slave driver mm-hmm. and, the, and the murderer, mm-hmm. right? And then Exodus 7 through 15 is the recounting of God's delivering of his people from Pharaoh, mm-hmm. Pharaoh's oppression. So that's the, the other 10 words against Egypt. So you got 10 words here in Exodus 20, the, the, what we call the, the commandments. Mm-hmm. You got the 10 words or you could say curses or, or works against Pharaoh in the plagues. No way. Yeah, there's ten of them. Really? Ten plagues. Yeah. And then you get ten words later. Then you get later? ten words. Yeah, it's That's like, so it's like cool. this is intentional. That is so cool. I never heard that yeah. relationship before. Yeah, and you get these ten plagues, and it culminates on this tenth one. That's the death blow, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh finally lets them go mm-hmm. for a while. And then they leave, and that's where you have the parting of the Red Sea, this miraculous deliverance when they're trapped because Pharaoh changes his mind mm-hmm. and goes after them. And then the sea collapses in on the enemy, and God's people, Hebrews, are safe on the other side, out in the middle of nowhere, out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. So, he delivers them. And then they're in the wilderness from chapter 16 to 19. We always forget this part, but... How many years is that? It's I think it's just a few weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. But there's nothing to eat. Oh. And there's nothing to drink. Okay. Because it's the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's like the desert. That's And scary. God provides for them. Is that manna? Uh, I th- Yeah, I think the manna comes in here. I can't remember because there's manna yeah. and there's quail. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's water. Yeah, out of rocks. Out of nowhere, yep. And yeah. Then, um, um, and then that's when they come to the mountain. Okay. That does feel different to know all that. Okay. Before the mountain. So, and in, in Exodus 19, God tells them, I want to be with you. All of this, all of this is so that we can have relationship. I am your God, you are my people, mm-hmm. and I want to go with you and be in your midst. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is pretty nuts. This is not something that... Um, that we you get in other cultures in the ancient Near East. This makes mm-hmm. Israel stand out like a God desiring to be present mm-hmm. and showing up on this mountain and revealing Himself. So this this is the setting of the Ten Commandments. Okay. Okay. The setting is God already loves them. Mm-hmm. He's heard them. He cares about them, mm-hmm. and He's rescued them. Mm-hmm. He's saved them out of this this space, which probably felt impossible. To be for their lives to be different than what yeah, it was radically shifted, changed. Yeah, they're they're they've been delivered out of this impossible, horrible mm-hmm. situation. They would not have been able to do themselves. Yeah, and um, and now now the setting is relationships, so mm-hmm. love, rescue, relationship. Okay. So now, how might thinking about this story, this background? change the tone of the Ten Commandments or the law for you? It does, Andy. How so? Um, Well, yeah, it totally changes it. It doesn't feel like some arbitrary, um, okay, now I'm going to, like... I, I, I can't think of the phrase. Something about like showing your right arm or something, like strong arming. Yeah. 
it feels so much more like the next chapter in something more like a love story. Yeah, well, it, changes, it, change, it has to change the purpose, right? So yeah. if, if um, for one, it can't be these are for our salvation. We have to check these boxes in order for right. God to like us or love us or right. want to do anything in our lives. That cannot be true. He's already right. done everything right. in terms of bringing them out of this awful space. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the Christian life and maybe growing up in the church or, or, or working out a relationship with God and whatever that is, it, it's the easiest one is to think I need to be good mm-hmm. in order to mm-hmm. be loved. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. even just, not just with our relationships with God, with our, that's, that's a tendency for us for anything is I have to prove myself. I have to be likable. I have to be a good person. Totally. I have to fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I have to do this. I have to be enough of something in order to be worthy, in order to be loved. Mm-hmm. But then God in this story, and he's going to, this story is a pattern for the whole New Testament, is saying, actually, when you were a mess and probably considered unlovable, mm-hmm. Um, and before you even knew one commandment to please me and to do what I want, I loved you then and I rescued you then. That's so cool. It's like the counterpart to that verse in the New Testament, while we were still yeah, sinners. Yeah, it was Paul in Romans, while we were still dead yeah. in our offenses, in our inability to check the boxes, to do anything that pleased God, mm-hmm. God demonstrated his love for us. Mm-hmm. That Christ died for us while we were still sinners. He so this is the new Exodus we're talking about. That God does a new deliverance mm-hmm. um, for not just Israel, but for that invites everybody in. That's a bigger, even a bigger deliverance than the than the political um, one in in Egypt, because mm-hmm. this has to do with our our whole lives and our souls and our and our um, the deepest parts of who we are. Is God delivering us? But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We got to get mm-hmm. back to the law. Okay. Okay. Context matters. Big is, time. Is my it changes so far. everything. The law cannot. Whatever the law is for, it can't be to say, to for us to 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 um, impress God. Yeah. <laughs> to get God's attention, like look, God, how good I'm doing. Yeah. That's kind of a big deal. So then what is the purpose? If it's not for that, what's it for? Andy, tell us. (laughs) The law, God is giving us a gift. Here's the whole setting. Like, I want to be in relationship with you. This is how to be in relationship with me and one another. That's that's the law. Now, so Exodus 20, you got the Ten Commandments. Those are the ones we remember. Mm -hmm. Um, Mostly, maybe we get seven out of ten of them from memory or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then it goes on. Like, it's long. There's more. There's there's more lists after that of okay this is how hmm. you live together right so all these all these laws in um that is hard for us to read because they can they can kind of be right. a little bit specific yeah and they can feel non-relevant uh-huh but I'll get to that back to that in a second okay but just let's just stay on this that there's this gift of here's how to be in relationship with me and one another that sounds beautiful. It's different. Yes, it it's sounds different. a little bit more like a map. Yeah, let's let's live together. Mm-hmm. 
here's how we're going to do that. And I'll get really specific. You know, when a friend is not doing well or a partner or something like that, and they are able to say really specifically, you know what would help me so much mm-hmm. is if you would blank. And you're like, thank you. Thank you for telling me. If you would blink? Uh, no, bl- fill in oh, the blank. blank. <laughs> you would blank. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, they like fill in the blank. Like, mm-hmm. um, if you could pick up, I have friends have uh, COVID right now, the yeah. whole family. Mm-hmm. And so I ran into another friend and she said, oh yeah, I just texted him like, you know, what can I pick up? And they said toilet yeah. paper. So she dropped off toilet paper. It's like really helpful mm-hmm. when someone's like, yeah, we could really use toilet paper. And you're like, got it. Yeah. I'm going to get that. Instead of trying to guess. Yes. It's just like the, the possibilities wrong, are overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. When someone can be really specific about yeah. this is how I would, this mm-hmm. would really help. This would really make me feel loved, whatever. Yeah. It's a huge gift. Yeah. Israel definitely saw it this way. The Old Testament is filled with, um, with these ideas that the law is a gift, with thanksgiving for the law. It's very counterintuitive for us. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's like writing a love song to the law. Could you imagine? Mm-mm. A love song to the law. This is Psalm 119. The longest chapter in the Bible is a love song to the law. Wow. And it, it doesn't stand out other than for length. It's like, this is all over the Psalms. It's all over mm-hmm. the Old Testament is what a gift God has given his people in giving them the law. Wow. And it's like they understood it, what it was for. It was to know how to be in relationship with a God who desired to be present to them. And that was unique in Israel from what I can understand looking at other um the surrounding cultures, is the gods were mysterious. Mm. You didn't know how to please them. They didn't communicate what Mm. they wanted. So, you guessed Mm -hmm. and you did all sorts of things to try to get their attention, to try to please them, all sorts of sacrifices and all this and that and the other. Mm -hmm. And so, for and uh, there's other law codes that overlap with with the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. but the ways that they overlap are all with the horizontal, how we relate to one another, like don't murder, the adultery stuff, how to treat your neighbor. So, you're saying in the ancient Near East, that kind of thing. That kind of thing was common. You saw Mm -hmm. that, like the Code of Hammurabi is a famous one. Nice. Similar kind of stuff. Yeah. But this this vertical one, Uh how to relate to God or this Mm -hmm. particular God, you don't have that. Interesting. This is different. This stands out in the ten yeah. and in the law of Israel. Wow, it's so so different than how the connotations with the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. or with the law. I think it's difficult for us because our relationship to law is very. Um, I don't remember what the word is, but it's very. It, we think of the legal system and the courts yeah. and the. And the codes, the law codes, and you have to do yeah. this or you get a ticket and this and this. Yeah. And law in the ancient world functioned very differently, the, these kinds of writings. They're more seen as wisdom. Yeah. This is how to live, yeah. how to live well. I love it like that. So, Daryl Johnson titled his um, sermon series on the Ten Commandments uh-huh. as the Manufacturer's Specifications. Oh, my gosh. Picking up the idea of yeah. this is the one who created all of creation and you and me, and he's letting us in on mm-hmm. how we work best in relationship to him, to one another, and to the creation. 
Yeah, it's beautiful it's in that wisdom, context. It's a wisdom emphasis rather than a punitive justice emphasis. Mm-hmm. I think those that other side, the justice stuff, is still it comes into it, but it's much more of a here's how to make life work out. Mm-hmm. If you want to live with this God, and if you want to live well with one another, this is here's here's how to do it. It kind of sounds like God's rule of life. Mm. I love a rule of life. Like it's sure it's do. a beautiful. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> it's on my strengths finder. Um, it's such a beautiful way to me to demonstrate a love for yeah. life and for God mm-hmm. and for the life God has given me Yeah, is a rule of life. It kind of sounds a little bit like God's rule of life. Yeah. So, if we, if the Israelites didn't see this as like a huge burden, like, oh my gosh, now we have all these rules to, to do. They saw it very differently. Yeah. And I think. Like, what a treasure. Yeah, there's an invitation for us in this as well to say, how do we we approach this as an invitation to relationship Mm -hmm. and to the the series that we're doing at the table for the Ten Commandments, we're trying to live a life of rescue, Mm. trying to keep remembering the setting out of which these come. It's like, Mm. God rescues. Mm -hmm. Moses had already violated one of the commandments by murdering someone. Right. And he chose Moses yeah. to be the deliverer of the people and to bring the, the law down. Mm. And so it kind of frees us up from this burden of, oh, I have to I have this checklist to do into like, no, no, this is an invitation to wise living and to good living. Yeah. It does, I think it does have meaning consequences. Mm-hmm. I want to like water it down in yeah. terms of its importance, but it's just a shift in terms of how we receive and, and live with the law. As a as a good thing, and maybe maybe law is such a hard word. Um, Torah mm-hmm. I mean, it literally means instruction. Mm. Like here's even that is different. Instructions. Here's how to do it. It's helpful. Yeah. So we get bogged down. Like the the ten are kind of make some sense to us because um, they're they're fairly they're fairly big picture stuff, and then yeah. it gets it gets into this a bit into the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. like. Um, uh, that can feel arbitrary or strange or weird to mm-hmm. us. Like, for example, one of them is that you have to have a parapet on the roof. Okay. Which is like this little kind of enclosure, like a fence thing. Yeah. And the reason for that is because the type of houses that the Israelites would have, you did a lot of living up on the roof. Really? Yeah. A lot of... Like you use the whole part of the house. It's it was like flat. your patio. It wasn't like a like uh-huh. house. It was flat, and um, for safety and for well-being and <laughs> hospitality for your neighbor who might be over, no way, and their kids, you better have a parapet on your roof. That's the law. Okay, you better be responsible. Okay, but that's such a good metaphor for the law, in yeah. a way, like the the roof care, fence. Care about yeah. In order to increase hospitality, mm-hmm. safety, well-being, mm-hmm. generosity, because mm-hmm. you might be like, "Well, we'd have them over, yeah. the neighbors, but um, we don't have our fence don't have yet. A parapet up. So that's just too stressful. So we're not going to. Yeah, it doesn't apply to us because we don't have we don't live on our roofs. We don't have life on our roofs. Yeah, but we should probably have a fence around our patio or well, our, our deck. I mean, talk to Will about that. It like increases. <laughs> Or yeah, or our, our yard. yard, but our deck, like just yeah, like you're right. A, um, you know that that makes sense. For, oh, to I love care it. About others, I love it. I right? love stuff like that. Yeah, 
So, so this is where it gets tricky because we, we look at the Old Testament law. Is it still binding or is it not? It's like, well, yes and no. It's like, mm-hmm. this was for Israel a few thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten, I think, are pointing to much bigger things. Like, that hasn't, those have not largely changed. They're still cast in the language of a certain society mm-hmm. that needs to be adjusted a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, they're, but they're much bigger things that get... Um, particularized in the way that the Israelites lived that is just different from the way that we lived. But you still want to care about your, you still, and this is why Jesus sums it up, love God with everything you got, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Put a fence around your deck. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Right? I want to read all those um, particular Yeah, and some of them are really like, they're so, they're they're maybe just lost. Like what, there's something going on there that was important for that. But a lot of them, you can kind of do a little bit of thinking like, okay, for them, that made sense. Mm -hmm. But doesn't that give you inspiration about our lives? Like the the idea that God would care Mm -hmm. so much that there is actually a way to live in 2022 on Vancouver Island well, lovingly, in our context, Mm -hmm. which feels so mixed and difficult and right. weird and hard. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so inspirational. Yeah. So so Jesus comes so when part of the thing when Jesus comes on the scene, the law is important to him. I've come to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. I've mm-hmm. come like the law is good. Like mm-hmm. instructions are good. Mm-hmm. They've not changed. God hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um some of the particulars get changed, mm-hmm. and he's going to do away with some of the um, do away with because he fulfills them, like mm-hmm. some of the food laws and some of those particulars that mm-hmm. were specific and important for a time mm-hmm. because they related to the temple. Mm-hmm. And in Jesus' view, the new temple is here, so we're going to shift some of these things. God hasn't changed, but how we're relating to God is changing because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. With how we're connecting, how we're this relationship piece gets shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you look at these 10, um, and they, um, they're still very helpful for us to figure out how do we do that. So we look at um, the first four kind of pertaining to our relationship with God, and then the, yeah. the last six, a bit more of the horizontal, like how do we connect well with one another. Mm-hmm. And Jesus coming and fulfilling that and showing us how to do it well and Reminding us, like, don't get bogged down in the details. Remember the heart. That's where you got a lot of that um, sparring with the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. Is the Pharisees were great because they cared about the law, and their view was the reason we're in trouble is because we've not cared about the law. And Jesus, I think one argument, one good argument, why Jesus fights so much with the Pharisees is because they're actually the closest. Hmm. He doesn't go out to the Essenes. Yeah. Who are living out in the middle of nowhere because of their theology. He sometimes interacts with the Sadducees, mm-hmm. but they have such a different theology. They don't conflict as much. The Pharisees and Jesus conflict so much because they both care so much about the law. Interesting. And Jesus says, you're missing, you're missing the heart, the bigger mm-hmm. point of this, which is you gets expressed in the Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. with go the extra mile. Give him if you ask for a tunic, give him two, mm-hmm. right? So, he's trying to point that law is about generosity and love, mm-hmm. not about these 
not about and rules, freedom, right? And freedom, like let it ca- let the Torah, the instruction, capture your heart. Mm-hmm. That's what God cares about, not just again checking the boxes and getting yeah. getting misguided on what the law is for. Wow, interesting. Love God with everything you've got. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor as yourself. And That's how you he sums up the will law. Fulfill the law and the prophets. Wow. Even that makes has uh, is like juicier, kind of in context to mm. the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. and the law that was given. Mm-hmm. And how you said the longest chapter in the Bible is a love letter to the law, to the instructions given by God mm-hmm. that God would communicate Himself. Yeah in such specific ways yeah. for the purpose of doing life together. Yeah. They said it was more valuable to them than gold. Like yeah. that knowledge, that, that yeah. insight. And this has to do with revelation because the, the implication, the deep implication of this is that this is not, some of this is not intuitive. Mm-hmm. Like people were dying in the ancient world trying to figure out what the gods wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and it was not clear. Like you get some clues through creation mm-hmm. because it's God's handiwork. So you get you get a bit of sense about the artist. Mm-hmm. But the uh, this is the the the, the kids are doing youth alpha, and the the great example they had is if someone makes you a cake and they mm-hmm. give it to you, you can you know that maybe there was like it's a nice cake, it's really good, they're a good, mm-hmm. but you don't know that much about who the cook is or the chef is or the baker is, right? Without them actually. You wouldn't know who it was. Mm. It's the same thing with create. Like God is, this is another important dimension to all of this is that God is not like us in so many ways. He's mm-hmm. not like his create. He's different. He's separate. Mm. And so it is truly like this encounter at Sinai, you go back and read it. It's, it's pretty nuts. It's like a, it's like a alien mm. encounter. Yeah. It's like some other being is making contact. Yeah. That's and, intense. And, I think we tend, in my experience in Christian circles, we can tend to think of God like ourselves. Totally. Make Him in our own image, which is the second commandment, don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I am unlike anything in heaven and earth hmm. and the seas beneath you. There's, there's nothing in creation or your imagination that will capture who I am. Okay, Andy, so how do you keep, how do you do number two then? Did you say that was number two? Yeah, no, Are we going to get no to that image, later? No image. We'll get. I think we'll do that. I think we'll do that one because that's a, that's a really important. One. Yeah, like how do you live keeping in mind that God is nothing like? Well, not maybe nothing like, but way different, bigger yeah. than anything you can we can imagine. Like, how do you live with that? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, have you ever tried to imagine a being that has no beginning? No. It's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> There's a limit to our imagination. And this is the this is the danger and the warning of of boxing God in. Mm-hmm. And it is you're it, it you're right. It's a human propensity. That's why idolatry was such a problem. That's why everyone made idols, like mm-hmm. physical idols in the ancient world, is like they needed something yeah. tangible, something to see. That and we still do. Yeah. We're we haven't changed. I mean, it feels like we have because we don't use that language. A lot of us in North America don't have that kind of relationship with physical I- idols. Mm-hmm. 
But you could make the case that we still do this. I think Jamie Smith will go into that with the cultural liturgy stuff and other other things that are tangible visual yeah. cues of that shape our values and what we value most, which is the definition of worship. What are we ascribing the most worth to? But anyway, let's save mm. that for let's save mm-hmm. that to to kind of dive in because I think there's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. But in the meantime, I think the important thing to remember is we would not have gotten here on our own. Who this God is, what this God is like, the mm-hmm. nature and character of God, it requires a revealing, a self-disclosure. Mm-hmm. That there is um God, there is a connection for us to God because He's made us and there's this this mm-hmm. image, but there's also this this otherness that we have to be let in on. Mm-hmm. And so that's the important of the importance of this revealing that we get, the words of God that we get. That's so beautiful. That's why they wrote these love songs. Like, thank you so much for this insight. Yeah. That we get we get inside info on who you are. Yeah. It's pretty special. It's so beautiful. God's self-disclosure. I love that. Through these instructions, mm-hmm. through these like wisdom pieces. Yeah. So Vanessa, I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah. But I just want to hear from you. One you one takeaway oh, from gosh. this morning that if if God told you, I'm going to let you remember just one thing mm-hmm. from this morning for the rest of your life and never forget it, what would it be? <laughs> wow, Andy. <laughs> Pressure is on. Okay, while I think about it, how about from you? Like you've, yeah. you've been working on this series, so I know you're so excited about so much of it, but yeah. how what does it change for you? Um, the context and this reorientation around like what the Ten Commandments actually are. Yeah, I think the one thing is that that big piece of this is God out of love revealing himself to us. Mm-hmm. That's such a shift to think, what, what does the law mean to you? God out of love for us revealing himself to us. That's the law. Mm-hmm. That's the instruction. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, this is who I am and this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And that that setting is one of rescue instead of getting it the other way around. The, mm-hmm. the cart before the horse, We're like, oh, we got to do this and this and this, and then God will will do what we want or love us or or whatever. It's not that kind of relationship. That's pretty mm-hmm. important. It's beautiful. Okay, I think my main, like what's evoked for me, if I had to narrow it down from all this, is like the feeling of being given some some treasure, Mm -hmm. like cherishing something. Like I think of being a younger girl and just having a book that I absolutely love, like Shel Silverstein's Where the Sidewalk Ends, Mm -hmm. or um, I loved Nancy Drew and Anne of Green Gables, and walking around with like this treasure of words Mm -hmm. And thinking of the law like that and thinking of the Bible like that Mm -hmm. rather than this thing that hangs over my head. I think that's the alternate image is kind of walking with with some things hanging over my head that I I can't quite live up to Mm -hmm. and it feeling like I'm in I'm in a catch twenty two. Yeah. Like I don't know how to So so one image is like kind of darker with something hanging over my head. The other one is like the the world opens up and I, um, I like hold on to mm-hmm. this beautiful mm-hmm. 
thing mm-hmm. I was given, like this beautiful thing I found. That's that's mm-hmm. what I'm taking away. Yeah. Yeah, like a, a new world of possibilities mm-hmm. and, and adventure and excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good that's a good image. It like makes that. me want to rewrite uh, one of the Psalms, mm-hmm. not like the whole thing, mm-hmm. but what Psalm would it? Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'm just gonna give it a little quick revision. But instead of law, to take you know ten of the verses, I'll do it and mm-hmm. I'll see what it's like and substitute something else in there. Yeah. And see if it helps me get in touch with, um, yeah, that posture of gratitude, mm. intimacy, like mm. the, how honored yeah. they must have felt yeah. to get this. Yeah. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Great. Wow, Andy, thanks. This, yeah, was, this was like the setting for the Ten Commandments. And yeah. then... You want to talk about some of them, right? Later, yeah, we'll see. I, I think the image one for sure because mm-hmm. there's so much. It's really fascinating, and mm-hmm. it's it's one that maybe disconnects with us because, like, well, we don't do that. Anymore. Yeah, I just skip over that but, one. But we do. Like, it's just it's. I think it's oh, transformed yeah. for us. So uh, that'd be fun, and I think I think we could do a, a good one on that. So we'll see. We'll we'll do one or two of them and see what happens. Whoa! Are, is the Sermon on the Mount the counterpart to the Ten Commandments? I think in some ways it is. Hmm. We have the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have nine of them. Hmm. Ten for ten, but it's like it, this, the Interesting. Bless the blessing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Just you just changed the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. We'll be back in a couple weeks with I don't know something else. Do you know? What, do we know what we're doing yet? No, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, bye. All right. Bye, everybody. See you next time.